Welcome to Married to History, where we try to be informative, entertaining, and family-friendly. Aloha! I'm Christopher. I have a fancy piece of paper on my wall that says that I know more about history than most people do. I'm Shirley. I'm a homeschool mom that relies on good curriculum, Christopher, and Hairspray the Musical to teach our kids history. Ugh, hairspray? Please pick a musical with some, some style, some class. How dare you? How dare I? How dare you? How dare Think of every amazing. question that you've ever asked me about Benjamin Franklin, of all things, and you say, how dare I condemn Hairspray? Yeah. Okay. Fine, then I'll condemn six. Would you rather I condemn Don't six? Don't you dare. Mm -hmm. You can't talk Pick about Pick one. Any... I'm going to talk smack no. about Hairspray, or I'm going to talk smack about six. You can't talk about any of my musicals, especially the historical ones. I like six. You do like six. I do like six. <laughs> All right, well, I have a history question for you today. I love history questions. All right. How long was the Korean War? Three years, give or take. Just three years? That's it? It spanned three years, so it spans the years, if I remember correctly, of 50, 51, and 52. So it was less than three years. It did not take up the entirety of those three years. Okay. If I'm remembering the dates correctly. Okay. Now, how long was that... Little minor TV show, I believe. Minor it, TV show. Wasn't there a TV Mash show? Mash was a classic. That's Mash what it's was called. the classic. That Mash, yes. How long did Mash run for? You dare to lecture me about mocking yeah. some backwater musical like Hairspray? Excuse you very and much. And you say such v visceral about Mash? I just want to know how long Mash ran for. Eleven seasons. Eleven, Eleven seasons. Eleven seasons. But the war it was about was only three years. Less than. That is true, but the show was such a big hit, so they kept going. And I've <laughs> always been curious. I've never done the work. If somebody out there has, I'd be interested to read it. I've always been curious, okay, if you start watching the show from episode one all the way to the end, and you keep track of how many days go by, oh. in the 11 seasons, did they manage to shrink it down in the time span that the war actually took place? So, It'll be kind of hard because there's at least one episode that that episode by itself spans a whole year. But you yes. can say that everything else happens like in between some of the bits of those, that year. So how many average episodes per season were there? Oh, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I'm going to guess there's probably at least 20, between 18 and 20 in each season, except for the last season. I want to say the last season only had like 11 or 12 episodes to it. Huh. Okay. So, uh, why? I mean, why? you said it was just this, a popular TV show. It was show. a popular TV show. How did they not run out of material, though? Like, a three-year war doesn't seem very eventful to me. I think some fan... Well, okay, so the show wasn't... The show... The war was the setting for the show. Mm -hmm. the, the show wasn't about the war. The show was about the characters at the camp or at the hospital. Right. So that, that that's... Think about it like The Office. There's no reason for a show about an office to run for... How many seasons did that run? What, nine seasons? It was either nine or eleven. I can never right, There's no reason for a show about an office to run for nine seasons. People but it wasn't work about... at the same job for many years. But it wasn't about the office. It was about the characters. <laughs> That's true. That's true. 
So and uh, I don't. Uh, so uh, I didn't watch The Office nearly as much as you did, nor as yep. often as I used to watch Mash. But I'm sure that there are probably some fans of the show that would agree with me that towards the end, you could tell they were kind of starting to run out of material. I think that's probably why they call it quits when they did. I, yeah. I would be surprised if it was just the writers thought to themselves that, hey, we've been doing this for a long time and we got nothing else to, yeah. to tell. I know that they did tr- They did try. There was at least one spinoff series that they tried. I think there were several that they tried, but the only one that I'm familiar with off the top of my head, I believe it was called After Mash. They got Colonel Potter, Klinger, and I believe Father honey Mulcahy. Did Honeycutt get a spinoff? I don't no, think no, no. Trapper did. Trapper got one, Trapper but I don't think that I don't think that that one ever aired. I think After Mash oh. is the only one that ever aired an episode, but okay. I could be wrong. So I I think Trapper got an episode. I want to say that there was another one where um, uh, where uh, Winchester or maybe Houlihan was going to get a show, but I don't think anything ever came around. But in either case, the only one that I'm fair, uh, that I'm certain of was the After Mash one, and I believe the only people that they got uh, to come back for that were Klinger, Colonel Potter, and Father Mulcahy, but I don't think it even lasted a full season. Oh, Raider. I think Raider almost got his own show, too. That would have been a good show. But, yeah, I don't think that one ever saw the light of day, either. Yeah. Okay, so so it wasn't about the wars, about the setting. I looked it up. There was 251 episodes in the main MASH show. All right. So and... that would be, work out to be less than... Uh, that would be about 24... Or, no... About 23 episodes on average, I'd say. Yeah. Per season. And, and the U.S. was at war in Korea three years, one month, and two days. Oh, so it was a whole three years. Yeah. Oh, okay. I got, yeah. the, I got those it numbers was, wrong. It was from June 1950 to July 1953. Okay. Yeah, so you could do... And it, I want to point it out It isn't something. an episode a day. It's, it's more than that. I, I want to point out something because I'm sure that there are some uh, historical... There are some people that take history as seriously as I do, perhaps more so on some areas, that, yes, the Korean War is still not over. No. In 53, they held a ceasefire. Okay. That ceasefire remains in place. There was never it's a... It's the pe- same agreement? There was never a peace treaty. Dang. So, technically... The Korean War is still going on, and the U.S. is still stationed in South America or South America, South Korea. I knew, I knew I was wrong. Yes, we have military bases in South Korea, but that might not change. I mean, we have military bases yeah. in Germany and That's elsewhere true. around the world. So, was the Korean War an actual war? Because I've heard people say that the Vietnam War was just a military or a, a police action or a military conflict. It wasn't a war, technically. Right. So like many things, you're never going to get a solid answer. Okay. All you're going to get is an answer that you are happy with, that well, you are comfortable with. it depends on the definition, with. right? So politically, it was mm-hmm. called a police action at the time for okay. two reasons, to the best of my knowledge. First off, because Congress never declared war. Yeah. In the United States, only Congress has the power to declare war, and they never did that. Yeah. Congress allowed funding for military action, approved the the sending of troops and materials and whatnot to do the fighting, mm-hmm. but this was very much all on President Truman. He's the one that said, hey, we're going to do this. He's the one that authorized the troops and everything else yeah. for that. He's the one that pressed the matter and said, we got to keep doing this. So it was called a police action for the two reasons, again, being that first mm-hmm. off, because Congress never declared it an actual war. Yeah. And the second, because it was to enforce, amongst other things, the idea of the Truman Doctrine. 
What's Truman, the Truman Doctrine? So the Truman Doctrine was uh, created. I don't know if it was ever really named that, or if just we today call it that, yeah, because Truman was the one that uh, that uh, engaged in it. Was the idea that President Truman made a promise uh, in the fear of communism spreading throughout the world? President Truman yeah. made a promise that any independent nation that is that is being subject to falling into the hands of communism, mm-hmm. either through foreign invasion or even civil strife incursions or anything to that nature, the United States will back you, will send yeah. you aid, be it financial, military, or otherwise. And in the case of Korea, that's what happened. So okay. following the end of World War II, Korea, which had been a Japanese colony, conquest area for about 50 or so years or so. Since before, 1910? Yeah, okay, so closer to 30 or 40 years, uh, had been uh, controlled by the Japanese. It gets divided between the United States and the Russians at the end of World War II. The Russians have influence over the northern half. The United States has influence on the southern half. The idea being that the Russians and the United States are going to administer these lands until the country is ready to come together and when that, sorry, until the country is ready to run itself. And the idea that when that was going to happen, if I remember correctly, both sides were supposed to back off and allow the entire Korean population to have a vote about what they wanted to do, what kind of government they wanted to set up, and whether or not they were going to be together. The idea, though, of them staying apart as separate countries, I don't think that was ever a goal for either side. Is anyone surprised that it didn't end up working that way, though? That seems like a really fanciful goal. In hindsight, sure, we can say that, but at the time, uh, I'm sure that there were plenty of people that advised it. I was reading a book, uh, it was it was a book about MacArthur not all that long ago, so the Korean conflict mm-hmm. got mentioned in it, and they talked about a lot of the other characters that had a hand in it, but I, do, well, I don't remember off the top of my head if it was ever, if anything was expressed in that book okay. as uh, people thinking that, oh, no, they're never going to come together, it's always going to be two separate Koreas. So I don't remember that, but so what, if I'm remembering correctly, it's been a long time since I read uh, the details about this. If I am remembering correctly, um, so both sides, uh, the United States and the Russians Mm -hmm. did what they were supposed to do. They backed out. The two Koreas uh, had their own separate governments, but the idea was that at some point in time, they were supposed to come together, the two of them by themselves outside of American or Russian or anybody else's influence and decide, all right, how are we going to come together and do this? But could you imagine, like, California and Texas doing that? If, if we were governed separately, we have different values, different ideas, we wouldn't come together and decide together a new government. It's more likely that one would conquer the other. Well, I think that that's actually a bad example that you mentioned because Texas and California have largely different cultures, I think. Right. We're both United States, but the, the, inside America, we do. this is a common thing that people don't think of when mm-hmm. they criticize or praise America versus other countries in the world. The United States does not have a homogenized culture or society. Right. We are vastly different in so many different ways, mm-hmm. but you don't have that in Korea. Korea is an ancient country, an ancient yeah. land. Their culture has been the same for thousands of years, survived wars, conquests, mm-hmm. other things. So they are still very much one people. Or at least they it were It is at the more time. likely, I believe, it is more likely that they would have come together on their own as a, and, and, and as a Korean nation okay. than to have decided that, oh, no, 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 we want to stay separate. Oh, okay. 
unless I'm mistaken, that's still the goal today. I believe North Korea still wants South Korea back. I believe South Korea still wants North Korea back. They yeah. still want to be together, but you I could argue that agree. much much like California and Texas in this case, mm-hmm. both of them have their own separate ideas about what the best thing to do once we're together is, and because right. they can't agree on those, they're never going to come together. And in the case of California and Texas, it also doesn't help that there's quite a few pieces of land in between. Well, I know. That wasn't the best example. It's just more obvious people know about California and Texas. And besides, I I always think to myself that Texans are probably the most independent-minded people Mm -hmm. in the United States that I think that Mm -hmm. I've ever met. So, I mean, California could surrender to Texas, and Texas would probably say, no, we don't want you. (laughs) It's possible. Anyway, Uh, so they were separated, Russia and the U.S. So they they were separated, Russia and the United States pull out, but... Both, even though the United States and the Russian authority-wise have pulled out, both of them have still left equipment, materials, supplies, yeah. and whatnot behind for both uh, for both parts of Korea. Uh, so, like I said, I don't remember all the details, but if I'm remembering correctly, the North acts first, and they full-on invade the South. Right. And they succeed. I mean, they take almost the whole of the country. Dang. The only thing that they don't take in that invasion is a tiny sliver at the end of the Korean Peninsula, uh, known uh, around the city of Pusan. Uh-huh. Uh, the area, I believe, is referred to, or the conflict there is referred to as the Pusan perimeter. There's just a sliver mm-hmm. of UN soldiers, mostly American, I believe, that are holding off just this tiny last section against massive onslaughts by the North Koreans. Yeah. And I, so I do not know all the reasons for why the North Koreans had such wild success in the beginning of the conflict, Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, there, there's lots of different rumors. There, uh, the South Korea uh, Sigmund Rees, if I remember correctly, there were rumors of political corruption. Mm-hmm. There was also the possibility that uh, the uh, South Koreans weren't trained and weren't as ready for defending themselves as the U.S. or others could have prepared them for. Yeah. Whatever the case is, the North Koreans have some very early success, and they almost win right up front. If I remember correctly, most of the wow. land changing in the Korean War happens in that first year. Really? And then after that first year, it's pretty much stagnant along the 38th parallel. So, but in that first year... Oh, yeah. sorry. Sorry, so is this prior to 1950 when the U.S. gets involved? Or when we start counting Korean War begins? All right, so this the 1950, this is, if I'm remembering the dates correctly, yeah. yeah, this is when the North Koreans invade. There's only a, like I said, there's only a yeah. sliver of American, so UN soldiers still yeah. in Korea. There are a whole bunch of UN soldiers in Japan and in other parts uh-huh. of the area nearby that are under the command of Douglas MacArthur. He's the SCAP. He's been the one who's been given SCAP? command. I don't remember what the acronym is. I want to say Supreme Commander of the Allied Powers. Oh, okay. So, uh, the... <laughs> That, that would take us into Sorry, a whole no, other story about World War II. But ba- basically, just at the end of World War II, yeah. all the allies in the Pacific that have a hand or a say in the Pacific zone of the world mm-hmm. have agreed that, all right, MacArthur is in charge yeah. of all allied resources in this part of the world yeah. after the end of World War II. So MacArthur is in Japan with a buttload of soldiers okay. from many different nations. So he strikes? No. Eventually, yes, but so... The problem is, it's a, it's a, there's a bit of a diplomatic flex. So mm. Truman's administration doesn't really know how they want to react about this. They yeah. know all their options, but of course, there's that gamble of okay, we don't know which option is going to work out best. Yeah. We don't know what the aftermath is going to be. And there's that boondoggle of okay, China is right over there. Mm-hmm. China and the U.S. are no longer friends. They were during the Second World War, but that relationship oh. sours in between '45 and by '49. 
when uh, the communists have won the revolution, oh. the United States and China just aren't friends anymore. So at one end of Korea mm-hmm. is Japan, which is firmly under the United States' control. Yeah. But at the other end of Korea, literally China and Russia, who don't like the U.S. That is tricky. Yeah. But Truman Doctrine says... The Truman Doctrine says, yes. So eventually... The U.S., I I don't remember if this is Truman's idea or if this was purely MacArthur's Uh idea. Eventually, the U.S. does turn the tide. MacArthur launches an invasion, I believe it's referred to as Operation Chromite, Mm -hmm. where he is able to land a sizable army behind the North Korean lines in the city of Incheon. Yeah. So Incheon is further to the north in the peninsula. The North Koreans, the bulk of their army, is down in the southern part of the country fighting on the Pusan Uh perimeter. So when MacArthur comes in, he has now cut off the North Korean army's ability to resupply themselves and to oh. retreat. He goes down, smashes. I don't. Some North. I don't know how much of the North Korean army might have been able to escape and get back north or whatnot. Yeah. But the point is, uh, tr- uh, MacArthur smashes the North Koreans that are in the south. Uh, they start marching up north, and tr- uh, I was about to say Truman MacArthur <laughs> is able to liberate Pusan and take the war all the way up to the Chinese border. He he does what the Dang. North Koreans fail to do. He conquers all of Korea. Yay, MacArthur! And, we're done. And so no, this is just again oh. all of this is still in the first year of the war. Holy so the cow. North Koreans getting all the way down to Pusan, MacArthur getting in there, and yeah. then kicking them all the way back up to the Chinese border. Wow! But then here's the problem. Lots of people, I believe Truman, uh, people in the Truman administration and even generals on MacArthur's own staff Mm -hmm. are warning him, all right, we've got to do something. We can't just stay here on the border. We've got to either retreat or we've got to keep going into China because China is not going to accept having this large American army on its border. To say nothing of Russia, I remember reading about people being concerned about how China would react not too much about how Russia might react. And if I remember correctly, MacArthur, in his typical stance, which was justified up to that time, rather arrogant and is just confident, mm-hmm. no, nah, they're not going to do anything. And if they do, I'll kick their butts. Oh, gosh. So if I remember correctly, there's um, there's a time where uh, his, his staff convinces him, hey, let's go on a scouting run. Let's see mm-hmm. if there's any signs that the Chinese are doing anything. So he hops in an airplane and they fly over the border and he's looking okay. down. If I remember correctly, this is in wintertime. He's looking down and he sees that, all right, there's no there's no tracks, footprints, or tank okay. tracks or anything like that on any of the roads, on the bridges that cross the river, because I believe it's a river that separates Korea and China. Uh-huh. Um, and so MacArthur sees that and says that, oh, see, yeah, there's no evidence they're moving out here. That's yeah, No problems. But? But he did not properly appreciate how bad the winter was that year, because the Chinese had been crossing the border. Yeah. And just their tracks or any evidence of them had been Fresh snow erased. Fresh fallen or something. All right. So what it turns out is actually that a huge number of Chinese soldiers, I've read mm-hmm. I've read different numbers, but on average I'd say it's around about 300,000 to 500,000 men Dang. is what I'm told. A significant Chinese force manages to get into North Korea completely under the nose of the Allies. The Americans and the other soldiers there have no idea that there is this huge Chinese army there. MacArthur has no idea there is this huge Chinese army there. And when the Chinese do get involved in the fighting, they launch their counterattack, pushed all the way back down. I don't remember how far back down. They're at least pushed back to the 38th parallel. They Mm -hmm. might be pushed back further down than that. And 38th parallel is where... 
the D, uh, DMZ is today, right? Yes, it's the, I believe still, at least, yes, it's on the 38th parallel, okay. the 30th north latitude line. Yeah. So, yeah, the Chinese, I believe the Chinese might push past further than that. Whether they do or not, MacArthur is able to push them back uh -huh. up. And so, again, all that in the first year of the war. Wow. And for the rest of the war, it's the two sides just fighting along the 38th parallel. Every now and then, Dang. one of them is going to gain a little bit more land, uh -huh. but it's not going to be any major changing of land, and nobody's mm -hmm. going to really be able to hold on to any significant changes in the land for, and the land that they might get. Wow. And so that's the Korean War. First year, lots of action, mm -hmm. really big drives back and forth by all the players in it, uh, but the rest of the war, stalemate. Dang. Okay, so what does MASH have to do with all this? Tell us about the, the Mobile Army Surgical Hospitals. So, I do know what it stands for. <laughs> so if I remember correctly, uh, uh, MASHs were not brand new in Korea. I want to say they were experimented with in World War II, uh -huh. or at least the idea for them came into World War II. Yeah. But they were definitely commonly used in World War. Uh, sorry, in the Korean War. So yes, it stands Just for... Just a field hospital. It stands for Mobile Army Surgical Hospital. So back in the days of World War One, the hospitals were miles and miles and miles beyond the front You're lines. You're going to die before you get there. A lot of soldiers died before they even got there because, well, you wanted them to be in a safe place where you could treat them properly. Yeah. But the wisdom for the MASH units was, but we can save more of them mm -hmm. if we can treat them closer to the battlefield. And, yeah, and, you have to find the balance. And it turned out to be very true. So the MASH units, yeah, they were in danger from time to time because they mm -hmm. were so close to the enemy lines. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, survival rate for soldiers shot up dramatically. They proved their worth in the Korean War. So I have, I don't know what the numbers are. Mm -hmm. uh, if I remember correctly, the, the show... The 407th boasts a survival rate of uh, 97 to 98% from time to that time. That seems very high. That seems very high. I would assume that it's probably based on reality. I don't think that's the type of thing that the writers would have falsified. Oh, who knows? I'll <laughs> we'll have to look but, it up. Yeah, it's, it's possible. But yeah, so, that, so mm -hmm. the show is... Uh, and I want to be clear about this thing too. So the show is based on the movie, which was based on a book. Okay. And I don't remember the, about the book, but the movie and the show mm -hmm. were both hit, and the movie hit theaters and the show hit television screens while mm -hmm. Vietnam was going on. Right. And if... Uh, with That's the, an important context. With the exception of the show, I remember at least in the movie, the director purposely tried to mention mm -hmm. Korea as little as possible because yeah. he wanted people to, to to feel, to sympathize with this is what's going on in Vietnam. Yeah. Because the situations were very, very similar as far as mm -hmm. to what got the U.S. there, uh, why the U.S. stayed there, yeah. and what the U.S. was trying to accomplish there. Makes sense. Yes. So in your opinion, do you think that, that the show MASH um, accurately portrayed what it would have been like as a physician or a nurse? No. In the conflict? Not at all? I don't know about not at all. So um, so I remember watching a documentary where they were asking this question. Yeah. They interviewed several doctors and several nurses that served in mm -hmm. the MASH units. Now, of course, these few doctors and nurses they interviewed can't possibly speak for all right. people that served in MASH units. But one of the things that I love the most, so it's undeniable in the show mm -hmm. that, uh, especially in the first three seasons of the show, mm -hmm. that the doctors are lecherous. That they yeah. are not committed to their wives yeah. if they have wives or girlfriend, and they are constantly fooling around with uh, the nurses. Yeah. 
And this is why I hate the show. Yeah, so this, this is it. one of the things why they, they had some major changes to the show uh, after or during the or from the fourth season onward. But mm-hmm. then there were still those episodes where, uh, oh, where Pierce, Pierce's character was always going the after The main nurses. character, Pierce Hawkeye, he's... So, He's disgusting the whole time. So, uh, in the documentary that I watched, uh, I don't, I don't think I've ever gotten a chance to speak to anybody that served uh, in a Korean mass unit. Mm-hmm. But at least in the documentary, I remember that every doctor they interviewed uh, and the nurses too, to this degree, said, or actually no, I don't remember what any of the nurses said on the matter. But at least every doctor they interviewed mm-hmm. said. Absolutely not. There's no way we would have treated them like that. Really? We respected the heck out of them. Oh, I like to hear that. Yeah. But as far as like the four, so the four hundred seven seven, it's a it's a mobile army sur- army surgical hospital. Yes. It never moved though in the show. I guess it moved and then in it the moved show, back. And in, in the show, they moved on a couple of occasions. They had a couple but yes, they would, scares. The, I think the longest they were ever gone was. Like five minutes out of one yeah. episode, and then they, yes, they moved right back. Yeah. With oh, though actually, that, I should take that back. Uh, I believe they moved for several more than five minutes in the last episode. Oh. Before they end up going back again. Yeah. Oh, and I'm forgetting that yeah. even still. There's there's a two parter. There's a two part episode where the entire first part of the episode is them packing moving up and there. moving to another no to another location, oh, yeah. a new location. And then they and come then, back. But yes, by the end of that second parter, because I think it was a two-parter, I might be remembering it wrong, by the end of the second parter, by the mm-hmm. end of that episode, yeah, they come right back again. So, to your knowledge, considering that after that first year, there wasn't a whole lot of movement back and forth across the, the 38th parallel, mm-hmm. does that mean that the hospitals wouldn't have moved that much? I've never read anything to that give... That would suck I've never so read anything to give me to the confidence to answer that question. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a fair amount of movement from time okay. to time. Because, so like I said, nobody was ever able to hold on to any of their yeah. gains. But that doesn't mean that there weren't periods where one side, either the Chinese uh-huh. or the Americans, made a large breakthrough that maybe they were able to hold on to for a couple of days or so. Yeah. And especially if it was a gain that the Chinese made, that means that the hospital, if it got close enough to, to the hospital, they would have moved and evacuated them to get as many people as they could, particularly the nurses, to safety. Yeah. Why particularly the nurses? Are you being misogynistic? No. The I'm nurses not being couldn't take care of themselves in the middle of a war zone. <laughs> you are judging that by modern day ideas about masculinity. No, and I'm just being ridiculous okay. because these nurses weren't trained for combat. They were nurses. Yes. Now, I'm not saying that these nurses didn't have the ability to pick up a gun mm-hmm. and shoot somebody mm-hmm. that was coming at them. But it was the idea of men's... This was back in the time period where a man's responsibility was to protect women. Yeah. So one of the easiest ways to protect women is, oh, the enemy's getting too close. Women, hop on that bus. (laughs) Yes, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. That makes a lot of sense that that's how they operated. I I wouldn't be surprised if today that's not how it happens because there's plenty of women in the military and I would like to assume that nowadays that... or I don't know if I would say I'd like to assume... I would expect that today, if an enemy unit was getting too close to a mash unit, they'd say, nurses, toss those scalpels yeah. away, pick up an M4, or, well, not an M4. I don't, <laughs> I don't know modern day weapons. I have no idea what the military uses anymore. I don't think they right. use M16s as much as they used right. to. Well, but now I'm curious, what's the percentage of male versus female nurses in the military? I have no idea. Because there's more female soldiers and more male nurses now. I have no Everything's idea. Everything's changed. And again, I have no idea. Yeah. There is an episode in MASH where there is a male nurse, and I have no mm-hmm. idea if this was a reality or not. He got yeah. shafted. 
So all the nurses, when they were br- uh, brought into the army, they were made officers automatically. Oh, if I remember, I remember cor- this. If I remember correctly, that was because women weren't allowed to be in the lower ranks. Women were automatically made officers really? if they were brought into the military. If I remember correctly. I don't remember ever reading about a woman who, if she held rank, was not an officer yeah. at that point in time. So today women can be enlisted ranks. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. It happens yeah. all the time. So, um... So, uh, but yeah, this guy, he was a guy, he was a registered nurse, just like, or at least according to the episode, was a registered nurse, just like all the other women. But because he was a man, when they brought him in, they made him a private. Yeah, see, if that's true, that's real messed up. That's like a a weird loophole, I guess, that nobody thought of. uh, I would say it's entirely based on, again, the the misogyny of that time period or the the attitude that was commonplace that time period. It's like, oh, you're a man? You're not supposed to be a nurse. Nursing yeah. is a woman's job. Yeah. If you're a man, odds are if this guy showed up and told, and uh, he was a man and he told them he was a nurse, they pro- whoever uh, heard him say that or saw his credentials mm-hmm. or whatnot to specify he's a nurse probably thought, this is the lamest draft dodge I've ever seen, dude. Private. Oh, oh gosh. That's possible. Yeah. <laughs> gosh. Okay, do you have anything else to say about... Dash about Korean War. I know that it is not a, it is not a good family show. Shirley has to this day refused <laughs> to allow me to let my children watch it, and yep. I understand. Yeah, because I know there are bad, not family friendly things in that show, but, but... <laughs> I still love it. I still think it's a hilarious show. I look forward to watching it with my kids one day and having them tell uh-huh. me, oh, that's horrible. Oh, that's yeah. terrible. That's a bad thing. But at the same time telling me that, aside from those bad things, that's funny. Right. And and beyond it there just There are being... funny episodes that aren't bad. Yeah. Well, and I think even more important, not just about the comedy, but... Would, you would you would agree that there's value in watching the episodes, learning about humanity and war, and because even though it's a comedy based show, stuff. every now and then they do a very serious yeah. episode in there, and I've enjoyed most of those moments. Which is why I'm considering letting you letting us watch it as a family, as long as we censor some things. You hear that, people? <laughs> Hallelujah! Victory! We have victory! As long as it becomes. And a valuable history lesson so I can justify in my head that they're learning something so we can discuss all this. Do you not know <laughs> no, who I, you married? I know. Everything is a history lesson. And you that's can bite why. your nails and there's a history <laughs> lesson. Yes. It is a condition that some people oh my have. Gosh. I mean, bite... Oh my gosh. Okay, fine. You don't have to be like that. <laughs> There's an episode about that in MASH where Pierce tricks... About nail-biting? Pierce tricks um, Radar into thinking that there's a a bad neurological disease that you can get from biting your nails. Oh, my gosh. Okay, if we're going to bring up random MASH moments... We don't have to bring up random MASH moments. No, 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 but no, it... it, uh, One that popped in my head, which I think is awesome, and one of the reasons where I'm like, okay, I see the value in, in watching this... Is that one where the guy has to get a blood transfusion, and he was so afraid of giving... Okay, I'm going to stop you. Oh, sorry, keep going. Getting blood from a non-white man. Oh, yes, okay, that episode. Yeah. All right. That was poignant. And I enjoyed the humor that they had with that. Right, they were able to teach this concept of like, dude, you're a racist, and that's messed up, Mm -hmm. but in a comedic way, so it really engages you. Mm -hmm. Sorry, you were going to say... 
No, I was just say I, I enjoyed what they did to him. So mm-hmm. uh, for those of you that haven't seen that episode, mm-hmm. I, I don't remember what they use, but uh, when they sedate him to get him to go to sleep, mm-hmm. and every time that he's asleep, they go up to him and they have some sort of dye that they've made, and yeah. they start dabbing on him so that it's making his skin darker. So mm-hmm. every day he wakes up, he looks darker and darker skinned. Yeah. And so the joke that they're going with is they've teased him and that he thinks he's gotten the wrong color blood. And one of my favorite... <laughs> Quote moments, the wrong color. It's yes, all red. That's, what, that's how he describes it. He exactly. says he doesn't want the wrong color exactly. blood. Uh, and so um, the the one black nurse that they have on the show at that point in time... Yeah. Because I think, I think there's at least two black nurses throughout the whole show... At the same time, though, I don't think there was ever two. I don't, I don't, think, it, I don't think they're there at the same time. Yeah. Um, and I think this was the only one that that had a lot of lines. The other one, I don't think she ever had that many lines. But anyway, yeah. she sees him, and she's looking at his chart, and she goes up to him, and she whispers, they got you down as white. Good work, baby. Oh, my gosh. The joke being that. So this was something that was actually common at yeah. the time. Some people that obviously had some... Uh, some um, ethnicity in them that was mm-hmm. not purely white Caucasian. Yeah. Uh, but th- they would be called passing yeah. at the time. Because they looked fair enough the, for the white people to fair accept enough, them. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yes. So, even though he's very obviously, he's in like everything shy of the blackest of blackface. Yeah. Uh, she makes this joke that they got you down as white. Good work, baby. Yeah. It's, it's a good one. Yes. I- I'll admit, that's a good moment. Mm hmm. And they do, they deal with that on a couple of different occasions. There's episodes where they touch on the subject of racism, but so this would actually point out something else that I like about uh, the Korean War, or about Truman specifically. Mm-hmm. Truman is the president who desegregated the troops. Really, up until his presidency, white there were white military units, and there were military units for black men, and I believe it was even further than that. Uh, Asian men too. I think Asian men had their own uh, units as well. Wow. I don't remember if it went any further than that. But when Truman became president of the United States, and Truman was a World War One veteran, he was a captain during the war. Okay. He served under MacArthur's command. Oh. Not like directly under yeah. him, but like MacArthur was a general at the time. Truman was one of the soldiers. Yeah. Under there, so that, that there's a his historical irony for you. Truman eventually <laughs> becomes his boss. Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, and Eisenhower too, because Eisenhower was MacArthur's clerk for a long time, and now Eisenhower was his boss when he becomes president oh, that's of the fun. United States. So, uh, anyway, um, oh crap, what was I, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, Truman desegregated the troops. Oh, yes, I, that, that's one of the things I like to say. Yes, Truman desegregated the troops, so no longer are there white units and black units and whatnot. Not everybody in the military was happy about the idea at the time, so there, was a, so there was a lot of racism amongst mm-hmm. other things. But, yeah, I, I think that's one of the better moments of a president of the United States in our history. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Any other tidbits that we need to know? It's a funny show. I I love the show. I can't recommend the movie. I've seen the movie on a couple of occasions, and in my younger days, I didn't think it was so bad. Now that I'm an older man with kids, (laughs) I don't think I'll ever show them the movie. If they want to watch the movie on their own when they're older, I'm not going to stop them or tell them, oh, don't watch that movie. It's bad. It's the devil's hands, child. I'm never going to do anything like that, but the the, the TV show is hilarious. Uh, And in case case this question ever comes up, far and away, I think my favorite character on the show will always be Major Winchester. I loved Major Winchester. Because and so I loved Burns also. I thought Burns was hilarious. Yeah. But um, that they 
I don't know if they did this on purpose or not, but in Burns' last season was season five, mm-hmm. and they really shafted him. Oh, yeah. He but, goes downhill fast. Yeah. They, like, throw him to the side. Oh, because in all the previous seasons, it was him and Margaret Houlihan working mm-hmm. together as a team to throw off the protagonist, to throw off whatever yeah. the, the good guys were trying to do. But in season four, and again, so I don't know if they did this on purpose or not, or what yeah. their end goal was, uh, they decided to get Margaret to be, and she met some other guy, she got engaged mm-hmm. to him instead. So this means that the romance between her and Frank is over. And like, yeah. over in the very same episode, she goes immediately to, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going along with any of Frank's old, ridiculous, yeah. ideas. like everything that she would blindly follow in the previous seasons. And she's not going along with. or whatever. There is like one or two of his schemes or theories or whatnot that she does kind of support. But mm-hmm. for the most part, she's not his friend anymore. Yeah. And he goes through the entire fifth season really without any friends, mm-hmm. without any allies. He, he's basically just an annoyance yeah. in the fifth season, which I think is absolutely terrible. He deserved it, though. Like, Burns needed to leave the show before that. S- I have no sympathy for that character. I'm, okay, so yes, I'm not going <laughs> to speak against that. And so, anyway, so, yeah, at the end of the fifth season, they got rid of him. Mm-hmm. Season six, they replaced him with Winchester. And one of the things I liked about Winchester was not just because he was funny, mm-hmm. but also because, unlike Burns, mm-hmm. Winchester did not need Houlihan or anybody yeah. else to support him by himself. Mm-hmm. He could play fair game. He yeah. could give fair competition to Honeycutt and, and uh, Pierce. Yeah, and I loved that he was a much about his character. character. He was so much stronger in almost every way, mm-hmm. and he had his failings too. Like there were plenty of times oh, where yeah. where uh, they had good reason to go at him hard and pick on him, tease yeah. him, belittle him, but he fought back. So much better, so much more classy. Like, yeah, like uh, to, he fought back with their own weapons at the same time without yeah. stooping to their kind of yeah. level. Yeah, yeah. So I, I love Major Winchester. Yeah, he's pretty great. Awesome. I miss that show now. I know. I'm making you want to watch it more. <laughs> and it's a great documentary about the Three Year Korean War. All right. A terrible documentary <laughs> about the war. <laughs> amongst other things, I they everything jump, you saw on TV was true. Amongst other things, they jump back and forth. There's epi- if you if you study the Korean War and you watch the show, you can tell that all right. Oh, hey, this episode, I remember learning about that in the oh, Korean War. Yeah. Then two seasons later, they'll talk about this. It's like, wait a second, that incident they're talking about. I know that happened before the incident <laughs> they were talking about in that season five episode. Yep, and that's how they got away with having it so long. It's not a strict timeline. And continuity is always a problem in shows like this. I think one of my favorite continuity errors is, if I remember correctly, Klinger's blood type changes at least three times over the course (laughs) of the show. That's awesome. Yes. Wow. TV in the 60s, 70s? Basically, if ever a character needs to give blood, Klinger Mm -hmm. just magically has the right blood type at that time. How convenient. (laughs) All right, let's stop there. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, then please subscribe, tell your friends, and leave us a five-star review. If you'd like to hear a future episode with more information about today's topic, contact us on Gmail, Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok at Married to History Pod. Also, please contact us if you have a silly question idea or if there's something from history that you would love to learn about. Or your favorite MASH episode. Just be sure to specify in your message if it's a silly or serious episode, um, question mm-hmm. because we don't want to treat a genuine episode question for uh sorry a genuine quest for knowledge as a joke talk to you later bye bye Bye.
Okay, we are recording again. Alright, and you are my witness. I am yeah. holding my hand <laughs> so that there will be no tapping against anything. Because may the gods forbid that I tap something as I talk. Let's see how long that It's not lasts. like I'm tapping a chalkboard that has nothing written on it. <laughs> Did we tell them about that? We, we told did. Them. We told yeah. them about the professor. Did we tell them that that was what was so weird about him? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. He kept whacking the chalkboard with his hand. I wonder if he's going to recognize himself if he ever listens to this at some point in time. You know what we found? I, I told you. I figured out who he was. I found his name. Yeah, you he's Facebook still... stalked him or whatever No, I went to the college's what, faculty like directory. Mm-hmm. He still teaches there today. This feels so weird holding my hand Don't. Like <laughs> you don't have to hold your hand. All right. You, you, you. You said I didn't have to, so all right. But you can't tap the bed or the uh, or the, the table. The bed or the table. Well, what? Spoil like not spoiler, but you like. Edit this part out so that you don't tell people that we're <laughs> recording this. A little behind the scenes tidbit. Or the table. <laughs> behind the scenes tidbit. We don't have a studio. We have a single mic that's on a board on our bed. So yes, it's our little table on our bed. There it is. That was the table. That's the bed. That was the bed. <laughs> that was my hand. Yep. Okay. Ready? I suppose. I suppose we wasted enough time. 130. Oh, that's 100. one minute. One, one minute 37. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes, that's probably enough time. Mm-hmm.